Hello and welcome into Limited Time Only, brought to you by Sorare Data. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdino on Sorare. Joined today by Nepenthes, who you can find as Nepenthes pretty much everywhere. Nep, I think you have become the poster boy for collections, or at least pushing everybody to make collections. And I asked you the other day, actually, if you thought collections were more, I don't know if it was more important than stacks or what what the question actually was, but it was about that. And we started talking about it and it was like, wait a minute, we should clearly just talk about this in front of lots yeah. of other people. So thanks Sounds for coming good. up. Yeah, no, you're very welcome. Um, that intro music is really nice, isn't it? It, it makes, <laughs> I, makes me feel like some like really old guy with a grainy camera and glasses are going to come on and be like, so today we're going to be looking at like phosphorus animals. Like it's, it's just got that whole like 1970s vibe, but I like it. Yeah. Are you a 70s child? No, no, 80s. Oh, okay, me too. Yeah. Just made it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, today, so the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I feel like there are a lot of people who are making collections for specific cards. Like I've done this, I'm buying like cards to increase like I'm buying cards I never wanted to make cards that I do want and that I have better in the game. But it does seem like there are some people who are like going for these full collections and then they're not really sure if they want to play like all five cards together or three of them together or like what the plan is other than like, I'm just going to get to 5%. And you have yeah. a few collections so far. Uh, some of them are literally still being built. In fact, it was somebody was commenting on oh actually it was the it was the Feyenoord one yeah how you were bidding on the Gurnaut Trauner and you're like there's no way I'm going higher than this and then I see an hour later it's in your gallery so um yeah. but yeah, the hilarious you... thing about that actually though is that I have a viewer that has the one of that offered me the one of for less oh. than what I paid on auction but because I don't have ETH in my wallet and I'm buying off of card um I didn't have it but also the discrepancy of points after 90 days is actually only 10 from a one of oh, from, from the a first manager owner. versus a first owner. So it's, it's not, it's not really that deep. That's fair. That's fair. But looking at your current collections, you're on uh, John Buck, Portland Timbers and Urawa are the yes. three that I think you're focusing the most on. First off, how did you decide to start with those three or at least focus on those three? Um, I told you after the show last time we talked about this, maybe like two weeks ago, that Jean-Buc Motors' sole intention, which I think I'm safe to say now because I don't think people can beat my XP. So if they have the same team, they can't beat me anyway, is that I am going to win Academy in 388 with the Jean-Buc Motors stack. Um, there's a real number of limited games. A lot of the teams don't have the ability to get 5% collection bonus on them. And some of the teams won't get their scores in before the end of the game week. So the Jean-Luc Motors have a massive advantage in that regard. Um, if somebody else is doing that as well, then yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bollocks. But what's been really interesting is how many people are doing it. And, you know, I think I was ahead of the curve when I like started building into these 5% and whatnot. But when you talk about it on stream, it only takes a handful of people to also get involved, not even with the same club, and now all of a sudden it's like, instead of just me having a 5% John Book stack for this midweek, if somebody has gone and got like the Argentinius Juniors stack or something, it's like, like now all of a sudden there's way more competition and it's, it's a struggle. Yeah. 
it is the, like, I'm always hesitant to talk about things that I want to do because I don't, I don't want anybody else thinking it's a good idea, whether it is or not. I don't want, I, like, obviously every time we try to get cards, we want to pay the lowest possible price. And if there, if there's even one other person who wants what you want, you're not going to get the lowest possible yep. price. And so that's why I'm always hesitant to talk about stuff, even though everything's out in the open. It's you can't yeah. hide transactions. So yeah. <laughs> if people want to know what you're doing, they'll see what you're doing. But it's funny. I feel like there's always a conversation about, should I buy this card for this game week? And it's always the upcoming one. Like, oh man, I'm short a defender. Should I just go buy one? But you literally bought 26 limited cards for one game week. Yeah. Not, ne not necessarily. Like that, that was like the overarching <laughs> thing that caused that. But when I started looking into it more and then explaining it more, hence the reason why a lot of people, I think, kind of started doing it as well, is that especially with limited full collections, unless you're going for like the absolute top teams, I paid like 180 pounds for this. So let's say in theory, if I do even Podium Academy, it mm -hmm. pays the entire team yeah. just one game week. Outside of that, I've already hit a $5 Academy threshold with them and I hit a reward with them this week, but, but the guy was only worth like $3. And the other thing that I started thinking about with especially America's and Asia's cards is if you win that division, you more than likely have enough points to win Academy or at least podium in any particular game week. And the hundreds of dollars of ETH is always worth more than the ETH and card rewards that you get in the Americas and Asia's tournament. So although on the flip side, if you don't win the division, you know, a tier one, is better than the five bucks that you'd get from academy it's like trying to weigh up like if you're actually building to win you should probably be putting it in academy anyway if you genuinely think you're going to win for sure for sure and it i feel like that actually goes into i forget which which one you were talking about that you were discussing on about having like multiple stacks and you were like uh, you know if one has a really good game week one week, then I play that one in whatever competition it is. And then the other one goes into the Academy. And I think a lot of people listen to that and they're like, man, that seems like such a waste. But actually the Academy, I mean, $500 for first place. And obviously we all want to win first place, but like yeah. most lineups in the Academy are not going to win first yeah. place. They're not even going to get the top 500, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so having multiple of these stacks just makes some sense in the, in the fact that it's almost like you have another all-star or whatever to put in. Like it's, it's legitimately another competition that you can play your cards. And yeah. we definitely don't see a lot of people prioritizing it. Like, I guess that's the way it is. Like you're actually prioritizing the Academy. And I feel like that's a strategy that people have overlooked forever that, it, you know, you kind of want to go where people don't put their best lineups because then you yeah. don't, you're competing against ones that are not as optimal. And you're just plowing in five percent John Buck. <laughs> yeah, but like so. So the other interesting thing about playing in the academy, but again, I'm going to talk. I'm going to say now, and I'm going to regret it in ten days' time when everybody's like, "That's actually genius." Not genius. I mean, playing for XP. But one of the reasons why, like I said to you before about having my like, final players on like thirteen or fourteen percent 
when the new season starts is because the XP growth is so much more powerful in Academy when it's a playing team because you're doubling everything. And so those first sort of like seven, eight, nine levels, you just burn through like crazy, which then gives you an advantage in the other tournaments when you play them in the proper tournaments because everybody that's already been playing their team in the proper tournaments, you can just outgrow the XP compared to them yeah. by grinding through the Academy. So it's like, it's having that balance in acting, which is why I'm going to, I'm the, the aim for me is to have like maybe like 15 limited full collections to run through all the actual divisions, all the cap modes and into Academy. And if I see that, for example, you know, Arsenal are at home to Luton in like eight weeks time, I'd actually probably like farm the Academy with those Arsenal players for eight weeks to try and grow their XP so that when they play Luton and I put them in all-star limited, I've got a humongous XP bonus compared to other people. Yeah. It's sorry. I was also looking as, as you were talking, like the, the podium payouts for Academy are actually higher than all-star limited and any of the regionals. Yeah. So it's like, it almost, if you have a stack that you think can win all-star and obviously you get the card as well. So like whatever the card value is for winning all-star plus the, I think it's $350 like is a lot, but I never really thought about the, the XP group, like the enhanced XP growth by running like a very high scoring lineup. Man. <laughs> and that's why. And, and so like, it, like what I think is, and what I feel is, is over the course of a season, and this is why, like, I'm going to give a whole season for this strategy at both limited and rare level, in spite of what the entry cost is for it and how much, how inefficient it might be looking back at the end of the season. But is because I think if you've got, even if you've got two or three full collections or just 5% or 3%, whatever it may be, whatever your budget allows, playing them smartly through the limited divisions that they're eligible for and then the capped mode as well. I, I just I just think, like, let's say Arsenal are playing Manchester United. Okay, I'm never going to win anything. But it might still get enough points to get a fiver from Academy and get a huge XP boost during that game week. So I'll put it in there with a tough matchup. On the flip side, if they're playing a really easy game, I also might then put them in the Academy as well because that 500 bucks would supersede Challenger Europe or Champion Europe. Maybe not All-Star Limited, but definitely the regional competition. But when you're like, what the idea is, is when you have so many stacks for four collections, the amount of pieces that you can actually put everywhere. It's like I could put a full Arsenal team into Academy and still put four of the Arsenal players into All Star Limited because there's 11 players on the field, right? I have them all. So it's not like I'm not playing the lineup there, especially with teams like, I don't know, if you, if you do go for like a big team like a Barcelona or a Real Madrid, everyone can score 100 points in those teams. So trying to guess the permutation of who will, okay, you can certainly like isolate certain players that might be better than others because of set pieces or penalties or things like that. But, yep. you know, David Alaba has as much chance as Kamavinga of hitting 80, 90 points. So you separate those two, put them both in one division each, and then just run, you know, run the odds effectively. In theory, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So does this... Obviously, the maximizing the number, the number of points you score in the academy generally means you're playing like the five player stacks. Yeah. But that doesn't allow you to, like, it seems like you're ignore, not ignoring, but 
if you wanted to boost the XP of cards you already own that are not these, like if you have a rare or a super rare of a card that you really want to move up, do you think that having these full stacks and collections is actually going to keep you from basically not basically punting a lineup in the in academy just so you could get your whatever card it is your davidson rare to get more xp because it'll get a ton you know get double plus like four john buck guys like how do you do you think that keeps keeps you from basically only tr like super training your limited cards yeah so I, th I think the idea in my head i actually i did build a spreadsheet for it and kind of like had a rough idea in my head of like how long it would take to get to certain levels yep um and especially when it comes to once the season bonus disappears because like here's the before before i get to where i'm going with this point here's like one of the trade-offs is you buy now and train them hard so that you can compete with the guys that have the season bonus next season or you wait till next season and then first of all not only do you probably overpay massively because everybody wants a season bonus. Also, they're the first edition. So, you know, transferred cards are going to be there that you're not going to have. Like, you know, Declan Rice and Havertz Arsenal cards. Those first ones are just going to go for crazy prices. Yeah, for so sure. So the trade-off of, like, buying now at a reasonable price but not having the 5% season bonus as soon as that first mint comes through versus overpaying in, like, eight weeks, but also even possibly having to wait weeks and weeks and weeks for a card's to get minted and get that full collection bonus is is there which is why when it comes to the actual training side of things like i i, I deleted all of the um all of the stuff that i had with regards to actually projecting xp on the mm -hmm. final players that i had but um but i i think by time i think it's gonna i think it's gonna be before the new year by the time I get them to the point where they're like level level 14 or 15. Um, and after that, the reason why I don't care to like farm them in Academy, like the Davidson or whatever to get him up there is because my process has been once I hit level 17, I buy the three levels above those key cards. So I don't like the, the discrepancy of um, the discrepancy of XP from level 17 when you hit it and can buy it is 15,000 XP to get up to level 17. You need another like nine and a half thousand XP just for those three levels. It's, so it's, it's like a crazy amount. It's 40% of the XP needed for the whole thing in just those three levels, yeah. which means by like getting to level 17, it just isn't difficult. It's just not difficult, especially over the, if you're playing them in good lineups that score well, yeah. and then sometimes in Academy, um, I just I don't think it's going to be worth focusing someone for a few weeks from like level like because like level fourteen is really easy eighty eight hundred XP but that level fourteen to level seventeen that costs all like seven thousand XP there it might be worth focusing them and especially in like those anomaly game weeks where it's like I've got a lot going on this week I can't even like field a full lineup like there's a few game weeks coming up like three nine four and three nine two but I've just I haven't got a goalkeeper for anything. So in those situations, it's like, right, all these outfielders I have got, let's put a DMP line or like a DMP goalkeeper in All-Star Rare and All-Star Rare Pro with some outfielders. And then the guys that I want to farm their XP, let's go and put everybody else in there with them to grow those points for them. So there, there'll be game weeks where you can focus 
the XP growth on them where it doesn't really hurt them from not being in another tournament? <clears throat> I have to say that you have absolutely like blown my mind when it comes to XP and collection. No, no, no. Like we all knew it was important and we all knew like it as the, the longer you have your cards, like they find they'll, they'll get to the level 20 eventually. Like all of the cards that I have on level 20 are ones I bought like the first year I was on the platform. Like I've been here a while, like it takes a long time. And I brought this up to you a few weeks ago and I was like, you're buying a lot of like end of season cards. They're not going to be able to compete with the new seasons. And you were like, no, 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 this is the plan. Yeah. And I just sat there and I was like, shit, he is absolutely right. Like it's not, <laughs> I think what a lot of people this time of year, like this has always been the worst time of year to buy cards, regardless of price, but because for all the European cards or most of them, you have no utility over the summer. And then you have maybe a month of the new season with the 5% bonus, and then you lose it. And now you're trailing all these other cards that are immediately 5%. And I think most people overlook the fact that it takes a while for cards to get minted, that yeah. you're not going to get the first hundred limiteds or the first 10 rares like immediately. And so you're not really competing with that many of those cards, but like the work that you've done to like, show how quickly you can move up has like it it has literally changed the way that i think of it curiously how many so rare coins do you have right now uh like thousands i think yeah 1730 because you spend because of the cooldown it's three days cooldown on buying the rare upgrade so every time i've got enough to buy it i just buy it straight away so that i'm not like I can do this guy three times, try and buy it three times, and then realize I have to wait three days to get a second version. So yeah, I just buy them as I've got enough coins to buy them. So you just blow through them? Yeah. And it might be the wrong way to play. And I'm willing to accept that I might be looking back in six months when they've done something incredible with the store and everybody else is benefiting massively. And I'm like, that didn't work. But I would hate it more if I thought of this and it did have a good impact for six months. And I look back and think, why didn't I do that? What difference would it have made? Which is why I'm just committing to it. And I, like, I've, I've, I, as I said, last time we spoke and when I was speaking to Sean on the podcast last week or the week before, I'm just ready to accept whatever happens here. Like you, you was talking the other day about the, when, a, when is a good strategy bad or when is a strategy bad in general? And <laughs> I do think that you kind of have to give a strategy time and there, there does have to be like a line in the sand and a cutoff, but there, there's like a meme, um, a gambling meme of a guy like digging for diamonds and the walls like stick thin between where he's digging and the diamonds. And he's kind of like walking off being like, Oh God, nothing there this time. And it's like, just dig for one more day. You've got the jackpot. And it's, I've kind of set my own limits as, the, the the European season at the end of it, I'll know. And I think one thing that you talked about with Sean, which I think is very valid, is that a, a bad strategy isn't necessarily a bad strategy depending on what you want out of it. Like if you spend, you know, two ETH on a team and it yields you 0 0.02 ETH the entire season, 
but those cards are worth 2.5 ETH at the end of it, well, that's still success, right? Because you didn't lose. It might not be as much success as you wanted. There might have been a different strategy that would have yielded more success, but you still success. You still had success. I think the only time that it's it's like a bad, it genuinely goes bad is if you've realized any loss within that strategy. At that point, it's like, okay, this failed. But then the argument of like, if you just kept going, would you eventually have been in a point of profit? And would it have been worth it to maintain that until you became profitable versus diverting strategy to to try you know try and, and succeed somewhere else effectively yeah i think the the biggest like issue that i've always said is that there's just not enough time to know if a strategy didn't work because yeah. it theoretically should take thousands of game weeks for you to like really know if it works and we just don't have those like, yeah we'll never have enough and so I don't know. I'm sitting on 78,000 so rare coins. That's wild. And what's funny is, <laughs> realistically, I'm sitting on them so that I could get some like random jersey sent to my house. Yeah. Like we know that's the only thing that has been available yeah. so far. I couldn't even, I didn't even try to get one. But I, it's, like I hold on to them for the hope that there's something I haven't thought of that will end up in the store that I'll be like, oh, that's that's worth it. But I also have all these cards that I wish had more XP and that there's a very clear path to me to just use coins to do that. Yeah. yeah I think what KB97 says there, I, I, I took that on board when you, you and Sean talked about this last week when you brought it up, like the maximum amount of points that you can get from an absolute max score with the collection bonus is 25 points and it does like that you, you can certainly like micromanage okay i gained seven extra points this game week it bumped me up like 25 places the differential price of the reward was six dollars so you can attribute that to the collection or whatever but it's it's not a but for me personally it's not about like it's not about that per se because it's like if you hit five 100s anyway you're winning the division even if you have zero XP on those players, basically, sure. like you know, so that 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 regard doesn't really matter. It's more about a the fact that this is a game, and so we're playing like you want to maximize your potential to play the game the best, and this is an added bonus. And I love the people that are like I don't need XP because I'm like you're going to be the guy that is in fourth place, and you're going to be 13 points away from first, and you're going to be like if only I had collection bonus there's where the difference will pay off in an instant because that difference of the podium ETH, the star card, it will be hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. And it will cover all of those five, 10, $12 players that you bought to get a 5% XP. Um, Do you think those it, people it, actually blame the XP though? No, you could, you could obviously say like, Oh, if only Hulk didn't get sent off after the game, right. like I would have won. Yeah. There's, there's loads of different reasons, but, you're giving yourself the best chance. And I think that's where people aren't appreciating how valuable XP is, even if it only is only 5%. Because they haven't had an experience yet where it has been valuable. And it will only take that, in my opinion, that one chance of it being valuable before they get on board. And the thing that I get, as we talked about the very first time when I came on to talk about collections, is 
that if the longer you wait, the harder it is because other people aren't waiting, which means you don't have a chance to buy those cards. And all, all, for me personally already as well, I've got three cards that I bought for like $5, $8 maybe for collection points that have now got favorable transfers that I've been offered 40 or 50 pounds for, for each of them. And it's like, there's another side of it where it's like buying all of these deadbeats for collection bonus. As I said, when we talked about it, there is no downside, literally none. You, they, they can't, you, you couldn't, you know, you like you will sell them for what you bought them for because they're so cheap and somebody will buy it for their collection for that price. The only thing you have is upside. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, every card has value now because yeah. at some point somebody's building a collection. <clears throat> yeah. Speaking of which, if anybody is building a 2021 Granada collection, rare collection, hit me up because I've got a Luis Maximiano with one of with your name written all over it. But anyway, uh, the <clears throat> I think the XP thing that people seem to ignore that you definitely don't is the point of the game is to maximize the points out of your cards. And you can't make your players get another tackle yeah. or take get another shot on target, but you can make each tackle and each shot on target more valuable in it's the game. Worth more, yeah. Yeah, just just straight up worth <laughs> one. Yeah. Yeah. Um and, and and then with with that as well, you know, when they released the collection bonus, they said that this is just the start. And again, it's like if they introduce something else that has an impact with maybe collecting coins, you know, it's like, okay, now I've benefited massively because I'm, I'm ahead of the curve. Maybe they do nothing and it takes me a long time to recoup this investment and it was a failed experiment, but maybe they do something, something that, you, as you said, like you haven't, you can't think of or haven't thought of what they could do that would make you think this would be worth spending the coins on or whatever. But like somebody asked a question, somebody posed that in my stream a few days ago, that exact same like thought. And I said, two months ago, nobody thought collection bonus was going to be here and that all these deadbeat cards would have value and these one of nobodies would have value. Yet here we are, and it made a massive impact to the game. Who's to say what comes in a few weeks' time before the Premier League campaign kicks off again, where they do something? You know, maybe they introduce a new tournament that only collection bonus scores as bonus points. Now, all of a sudden, I'm entering all of those tournaments because I'm, I've got an advantage on, on everybody else. Maybe they don't, but if they do, I want to make sure I'm ahead of the game on that one. It did seem like the, the collection bonus percentages in the cap, at least in 240 and 220, or maybe just 240, like I think that's the one that everybody expects because they were like, yeah. they kind of hinted at it. And I mean, obviously, that's going to, that helps everybody who is collecting yeah. at least. I don't think that coins for collections is out of the question either. I'm waiting for the point basically where you you get all of your coins back basically. The ones <laughs> yeah. that you spent, you just get them from the yeah. collection side instead of the, the playing side. Would be uh, nice, yeah. Yeah. So do you find yourself, I guess you, well, I guess you technically have had the situation already because you have like, like John Bach and Portland are playing and you're all, we're all playing now. Do you find that you are forcing yourself to play like five players from the same team in these academy lineups or are you willing to no. kind of mix and match yeah i've been well this week has been a nightmare because the portland game got called off at half time for weather issues and it's not going to be played out but my champion america limited has three portland players and then armani and vela my cap 220 limited obviously doesn't benefit from xp has four portland players um 
And funnily enough, it was the guys that were a bit of a risk to start with the goalkeeper they expected not to play. And then the Timbers rotated their goalkeepers. So everyone started playing. And I was like, this is brilliant. Like in cap 220, these guys weren't expected to start. Like this is going to be amazing. And then the game got called off. So it oh. wasn't. Um, cap 240 limited, I had one of them in. And then All-Star limited, I had one of them in. And then in the academy, I had the full setup. Um, and four of them didn't play because of the rotation this week. So even even though they didn't play, it was still kind of like, I, I don't mind it when a lineup all dies together. I'm like, this is okay, right? Like if if two guys score 100 and three guys score nothing, I'm pissed. But when yeah. everybody doesn't score, it's like, it's, it's perfect. It, it, no harm, right? It just doesn't yeah. matter at all. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, I, think, I think the aim over time, because I've still, I've already got like, I've only had these Portland guys for a couple of game weeks. In in terms of actually being able to put them into a team, this is only the second game week. So the XP isn't like grand on them, but it's already into that like 3% range. So because I bought these now, and I actually think halfway through the season is a good like mitigating point to start picking up your collection because you get that 5% season bonus for a long time. And then like, for example, the... Arsenal players in the international like Smith Rowe plays tonight at five o'clock I've got huge XP on him even though the Premier League season hasn't started yet I still get the benefits of that um and then the players are cheap enough because nobody's like desperate to get them for collections anymore and then you get a long period enough of time to grow their XP so that losing the five percent season bonus isn't as painful I, th I think like buying this Portland stack is now is been the best time because you know we've got like what four and a half months left of MLS football that's a great amount of time to, to farm that back. And again, who knows where the market will be, where these players will be, what their values will be come the end of the season. Like it's, it's nice to have lots of options. And what I anticipate is that over time, as I'm gathering more collections, because, you know, I spoke about before, like the idea is to snowball these. So every time a collection pays itself off, I go and buy another one with that, that revenue. Um, the idea is like in, you know, 12 or 18 months, to have so many collections at 5%, but I don't actually think about by picking them as a five-man team anymore. I just pick the best players from all of these collections that I've got to build out my lineups in the same way that we do now, just with a 5% bonus instead. Okay, so that leads me literally to my next kind of topic. If you're starting, because you, you basically want to have as many 5% options as possible. Yeah. And at that point, you don't necessarily have to play the stacks. But if you are starting now, let's say you're buying 20 cards, would you rather have four five-man stacks or 20 cards within a single collection? I, like, I think that's know. where people who are jumping in, they're just like, no, I, get, yeah. I totally get the collection bonus. But, and stacking, obviously, getting five players from the same team is beginning you on the road to a, collect, you know, to a higher collection bonus. But once you get that five, and I'm just using, I mean, we all kind of know you should have more than five just for you know, specific competition or what, whatnot. But like, should you branch out before you build up to 5%? Um, it, it's different per person. I think, I, I think it depends on your budget, your expectations. Like, you know, I know Sean was talking about it on the show a couple of days ago, like, like 3% is really obtainable and everyone it's like, it's easy to get to that 3%, maybe even by accident. You don't have to like go out and buy every single player. Like if you want a PSG player at 5%, like the cost of that is going to be quite, quite large. 
Whereas getting to 3%, you could just go and buy those deadbeat cards and never play. And then all of a sudden you got 3%. And that is fair. Um, I, I don't, I honestly don't think there's a right or wrong. The one thing that I like for buying a full collection of the same team that I think will be massively beneficial to people that are limited players and new to the game is that you will never have a game week where one player, one position in SO5 is missing. And I think just for the enjoyment of the actual game, I think that's a, a po- like a real positive influence on how people experience so rare. You know, having like, oh, I bought three, I've got three insane players for this game week, but I don't have a goalkeeper or a defender. And then they're, they're just, then, then they're more likely to make the error of buying a player they don't want, buying the player for a game week, his price being inflated because of that, being worthless like a few days later where they trade it off to Pavel for a fraction of the price. Like, I just think it genuinely like enhances the experience of playing so rare. I completely agree on that. The one that gets me is at some point you get a player who... I'm trying to use my own example without actually using my own example. So I've been collecting Midgeland cards in rare and I have a few limiteds and it was like, maybe I should just plow through all the, like build up a 5% limited collection. But where we are now in the time of year, the transfer window, like they're going to bring players in and whoever they bring in will not have cards that help my collection bonus. So So do I actually weaken my stack by not getting these good players on, you know, with other cards, or do I just pick them up and hope for the best? Yeah. And that, that's, that's tricky. And so it, like, interestingly, uh, Cho Gu Sung from Jean-Book Motors is heavily linked to Midland. And so on, on the flip side of that, I now have a player that's going to a really high scoring league as a striker with a humongous bonus. Like that for me is a big win. Or if you only have a Jean-Book stack, that's probably not a win for you because you know if your Jean Book players are playing on a Wednesday and Michelin are playing on a Saturday, yeah. you're kind of you're kind of screwed. But this is where again I think the collection bonus has a massive value long term is because even though Cho Gu Song leaves, first of all, maybe his price goes up because him to Michelin is great, so you could sell him, that's great. But also it, it has moved up. There's no oh, way it has, has it. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, otherwise, like the guy that was kept getting those sub minutes, the Gustavo, all of a sudden he becomes the first choice striker. Now you've got another guy there whose price also probably moves up because he becomes the first choice player. And so you, now you've had like two positive kind of like interactions with the prices of players. It might've hurt your SO5 team, but, and that's where you as a manager have to decide, do I want to run Gustavo now, sell Cho Gusong and take that as a part of the profit you'd probably still have 5%. And one, one of the things for me that I think people are overlooking as well with how much uh, I've spent on certain players um, and how much XP they're giving me is that once 90 days has completed, I can actually then start to sell off the pieces of the stack that don't offer me a bonus anymore and recoup money back that way to just maintain at that 750 points. And a lot of people hadn't factored that in and just thought that I'd hold on to the stack forever. And what I get as a benefit then is I've had the 5% bonus from them the whole time. And I then get the benefit of all of the collectors of that stack fighting for my card because there aren't many listed. 
Damn it, that's so smart. But, but I know I, I realized I didn't under, answer your question there either. But um, I don't think there's necessarily a specific answer to it. But yeah, I, I just this, I, I think the transfers in and out is part of the game that you've got to play when you're weighing up who to buy as a collection. For sure, for yeah. sure. And the, theoretically, the only the safest way to do it is to buy cards in September, October, because like theoretically you have them all the you know all season. But that that we go back to the same thing. You're probably certainly now you're paying way more for auctions because everybody wants the first owner. Certainly the one ofs or the low jersey mints, people want those. The uh I don't know. Well, I know why this this is lineup popped up to me. This was Quinny's lineup in game week 298. We all know Quinny is a huge Celtic stacker. So he had four Celtic cards, technically five Celtic cards, but only four in Celtic shirts. And he won a Kyogo Celtic card with this lineup. So it just like came right in. But this is exactly what this is not exactly what I'm dealing with, but like similarly with a Midland stack, like they bring someone in, I'm going to have a lineup that looks like this. And also if anyone from so is watching the fact that the four Celtic cards here cannot be in the same collection drives me insane just because they're different scarcities. So I also hope that like team collections come in, but anyway. Yeah, it, yeah I agree. Sorry. That's all I was saying. Team collections. Oh yeah. I, 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 I absolutely agree. Question. Yeah. I think, I think vertical collections, and, and, and th this is where it gets like what what they don't want to do is put so much emphasis on extra bonuses that you're getting like 50, 60% per player, right? Yep. Because I think that's terrible for the game. However, at the same time, like you, you, you could, you could certainly create a world where you can have multiple different styles of collection and much like how it only gives one player in the collection the collection bonus if you have two of the same player from the same collection it can just draw from the top collection so if you're collecting multiple scarcities and seasons of celtic cards and that puts you to the five percent and then you also have a 2022 celtic team and that gives you five percent or like four percent you only draw from whatever the yeah. best option is rather than getting all of them compounding that i think that would open up again more possibilities for like rewards being really cool or people just not being like trapped in this hole like like today like as we talked about before right this guy had a one of or a jersey mint of a card that i really want for 20 pounds i offered him 14 pounds which i think is fair and more than I'd, i'm really willing to pay anyway for a jersey mint or a one of uh he rejected me cancelled it and listed it up for 30 pounds and it's like i wasn't even willing to pay what you already had it at yeah. And it's, if instead I could have gone and bought last season's card or the season before's card or next season's card to contribute to my collection score, it would stop this like hostage situation with cards where people just think they have crazy power over the, the few points that they do actually give. Because as, a, as an individual, a card doesn't mean that much. It's just the, it literally is the collection bonus that means a lot. So when you own one card, you don't really have a lot of power because there's other options. Right. What do you think about this question from Ben? If there should be an incentive to get every player in the collection? Because it does seem it's, like it's not, not that it's not fair, but sometimes it's not fair because like some clubs have like the, um, like Midland last year has 42 cards and I have another Minnesota collection that is 30. And so it's like, I don't know. I don't know how yeah, I feel you get the it. same bonus, even though you've got way more cards. Right. 
Yeah. Like you want to yeah, complete, I mean, you want to complete your Arsenal collection because it's Arsenal, right? So, and, but, and so here, how about this as a, as a benefit for collecting all of the cards? Have the XP percentage collection bonus for points, and then have a secondary collection bonus line that in, that multiplies your coins, and that is exponential, based on however many cards in a full collection gets you like ten percent bonus coins. <clears throat> Haber said, if you get. He thinks if you can get every single jersey mint in a collection, you should get an experience reward. That's I'm cool with that. Here's, here's the problem though: if I have every jersey mint, let's let's say you'll never walk alone, right? He's got every jersey mint of Liverpool, and he gets an experience, and he just gives them to you. Do you get the experience too? How do you monitor who's had an experience? What card has been valued towards an experience? What happens if he gets the experience and then sells off half of the collection? I think that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a one-time deal. And yeah, you you collect it, you get your experience, and then you can sell off. Yeah, that's fine. But then what about somebody else that wants that experience as well? They're never going to be able to get it because it's been had. Never. No. Which means I, I, I don't think that would work. Logistically, I think that would be incredibly difficult anyway to monitor from hundreds of clubs over multiple seasons and scarcities. For them to monitor, I think, would be a bit of a nightmare. I think realistically you're only thinking of a handful of people who would be able to do it anyway yeah maybe and you're probably spending more than the experience is worth <laughs> yeah probably almost definitely yeah <laughs> i don't know um yeah so the the one thing so the the, the biggest like kickback that i kickback's not the right word the biggest like negative reaction I had when they announced the the collection scores is it felt like we were moving away from having what players did on the pitch determine who wins. And so like the idea was I should get the best, I should have the best scoring cards and that will let me win. And now it's like, I need to have the best scoring cards and a bunch of their clown teammates, because then I get more points on top of that. And I'm, I'm over that now, but I do really like your idea of now basically rewarding or some sort of like coin bonus yeah, for when you, be perfect. because that doesn't feel, I don't feel like I'm, lo I'm losing out on something that didn't happen. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I don't agree that like, I, I like, I don't like the analogy of like the best players to get the best scores to win rewards because the best players don't really ever get the best scores. Like the hundred points Messi gets is the exact same hundred points that Jesus Ferreira for the United against St. Kitts Nevis gets, and then yeah. not the same performances. And so we were never in a world where just having the best players was the best way to, to win. It was having the best in-game performers and because this is a game, the XP has just changed that narrative a little bit. But the overarching like understanding of the more points you score, the better you'll do still exists. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Like I said, I'm over it by now. <laughs> How many... So, oh yeah. So you didn't really answer the other, the, the question. So right now you have three collections limited collections that you're working on yeah 
for your next, do you, do you think that the next one, that's right. You're, are you, John Buck's already there, right? So yeah, and Portland as well, 5%. Right. So do you find that you will like finish Urawa before you start another? And if you start another, are you starting that one and then get to five? Or do you think you'll get, you know, three, three stacks and just work on them all at the same time? Like, what do you think your plan is? Um, I, I don't deal well with like, you know, that meme where that like dog sitting in a lot of fire with a cup and he's like, this is fine. This is fine. I don't, I don't deal well with like noise, like, like internal noise. And at this moment in time, like, uh, one of the community members in my discord today was like, Oh, they've added like game weeks on lineup builder to like three, nine, five, whatever it is. And I clicked on three, nine, five and I was so overwhelmed by the options i just turned it off again i just clicked off i was like i just i cannot deal with this like i need i actually need like some kind of strategy or some kind of formula to understand who's important who's not who's going where and then i was like and even then like Xhaka's listed as like an arsenal player at the moment and i just know he's leaving so yeah, until yeah. that transfer has happened i can't really even plug these in and it's the same with the stacks like until i've finished the reds collection I, like if I start on another collection now, I will just completely forget that the reds exist and I'll never get them to 5%. So I have to build like one at a time. Um, also, I'm happy with the fact that I've got an MLS stack and two Asia stacks. I would like to get another MLS team um, and I would like to get, as you know, ideally 10 or 15, like a couple of champion Europe's, a couple of challenge Europe's. I definitely want one full collection for every, each of the top five leagues for the pro divisions. Um to try and farm the rewards in that really easy tournament there. But at the same time, because, and I'm not saying that I was the catalyst of this, but because at least since I've been getting engaged in it, I'm noticing more and more people are, the price of even like limited cards that are worthless have gone from like, you know, 30p or 50p on auction with one guy bidding or two guys bidding to like two pounds and two pound twenties and stuff. And it's like, this is like, this is too much. Like, you're like you're adding so much excess on top that you actually going back to a strategy of just buying the best players and not having a bonus is probably more valuable long term than overpaying massively for these cards that are nobodies. And you find that particularly just on auctions, though. Yeah, or is it secondary as well? Yeah, no, secondary market is a lot better. Uh, but obviously, then you have to wait the ninety days, and everyone's impatient, so that's a terrible rule. <laughs> I I will say that. There are times where it feels like SoRare moves really fast. And the countdown from 90 days feels like 900 days. Yeah, like I feel like I bought cards months ago and I have like 71 days left. And I'm like, that's not possible. <laughs> My kids were newborns when, yeah. when I bought these cards and they're 12 and 10 now. Like there's no way. That um, <laughs> is the absolute. Yeah, I agree. Oh. Or I have some that will be 90 days like in September. And I'm like, but that's four game weeks where they're not 90 days. So I just have to buy more cards now. The idea of selling cards. So this Midgeland collection that I have, not to talk about rares on a limited show, but that's the one I have. Although the limited one is coming. Like they will, it's currently 2% and it will be 3% when the cards hit 90 days, which is in like 70... Jesus, 77. Like two days. seasons away or something. Like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly how it feels. 
but there is definitely a a thought of like maybe I'll just buy ten more right now and just so it's three percent to start. I literally never thought of the the idea of selling them after ninety days. Yeah, and then now again, that's another secret out of the box that I'm gonna I'm gonna be pained on in in another ninety that's days, aren't I? Crash the John Buck market <laughs> in 48 days when uh he can finally uh, unless they introduce something where having the full collection also gives a benefit right and then right then you keep them yeah hmm. yeah i don't know what what is your or do you think that your rare collections will affect which limited collections you'll go after or will you do the opposite this is one thing that I've been like interested with. I, I don't know is the answer. Like, because when I showed you that guy, uh, so rare America, and he's a, he's a great guy. I actually sold him my first ever super rare rewards about like eight months ago. And we had some conversations then and watched his streams, unable to understand what he's actually saying, but knowing fully well, everything that he's saying, you know? Um, and I, I just love seeing like, you know, the same sort of like eight players win and win and win. And I really like the idea of it. Like, I like the idea of having the 2022 and 2023 Arsenal limited and rare collections, some super rare sprinkled in there. And when we do play Luton at home or Nottingham Forest at home, just running as many Arsenal players as I can in every single division. And if they pop, I win everything. Sure. Like, and then obviously if they don't, I'm like, why didn't I just use heel there, man? Like, obviously he was going to get, you know, but if they do pop, not even if they do, every team, and this is, this is where, this is one thing that I like for collections and for limiteds and for any fan, for any team that's licensed on so rare, every team has a game a season where they just pound the opponent. And that's all it takes to win until everybody has a team at full collection and then you're like like instead of like when that guy with the Houston stack won he won because nobody else stacked any team yeah but if everybody's stacking a full five percent collection you know you need not only your team to slay but to then also outperform all the other teams that slay of all the other people that have got all the other collections and that's really difficult so I, I don't know, like, it, it's like, I, I feel like th this again lends into why I feel like getting involved as soon as possible is the best play because having that XP advantage is like in every manner is just going to be more valuable because, you know, we can have the same collection, but if I'm at 20, you know, level 20 already and you're at level 16, I just win. That's it. Right. I mean, that's, we saw that previously with YNWA whenever Liverpool goes off, like he was, he with everything. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes sense in that respect. I just, I, I get the ease of basically making like rainbow collections. Like if I have a Midgeland rare collection, I should just have a limited one. And if they go off, although from what I've learned over the last few weeks, there are way too many Midgeland collectors out there <laughs> that I'm, I may have to find another team. <laughs> but I don't know. It's like I like I gave up on my limiteds, but I want to be able to like the collection thing is it's 
it's easier from a limited perspective. Like the, the yeah. price to get a collection is lower. It's not necessarily low, particularly if, I mean, if you're going to collect PSG limiteds, like that's not going to be cheap, but I actually find myself more interested in limiteds because of collection than I am actual gameplay as weird as that sounds. Yeah, no, that, that does make sense. I, I, I think as well, like when it comes to limiteds, having more again like so long as you you can like you're not like putting your finances at jeopardy if you're going home and telling your wife we're remortgaging the house because we need to go and buy like 30 limited collections then you're definitely doing it wrong right but like if you've got three or four collections you get to play matchups every week you get to fill in the gaps of all the cat modes every week and then if you have a positive example of a transfer or a guy breaking through that you paid a pound for that's now worth 10 pounds. Like the, the volatility of the limited market is so wild that even when owning collections, trading in and out of those players will like will just give you more than in rares anyway, because as you say, like the expense just to buy that rare collection is, is quite large. Yeah. But because the volatility is so high, like it's sometimes like a hundred percent on a card in an hour. And it's like, wow, he was worth two pounds. Now he's worth five pound fifty. Like, just just sell him, like, and then go and buy three other guys for one pound eighty to start your next collection. And there will become a time where either you don't need that guy that you sold for five pounds for those night for those points to get you to the seven hundred and fifty, or if you still do, once that game week that he was the guy for disappears, he goes back to two pounds. You just buy him back again, and there you go. Like now you've built like that. That's how again in my head. I, I like I really want proof of concept of this for myself because if it does work, I will like commit to it at a rare and maybe even a couple of super rare team level as well. The paranoia that I have is that remember when everybody said like the greatest way to make like to, to safeguard yourself on so rare is to just buy the backup goalkeepers, right? And then the price of all goalkeepers just, just nosedived. And all of a sudden it's like if you invested in hundreds of backup goalkeepers, you now need to sell them just to get like just to break even on on that method. And it's like it's the same thing with this. It's like you you could like fully engage in this, and then Sorek could make a change in six months or nine months that completely negates everything you were working towards. And I think that answers the question of how do you know when a strategy isn't working? It, it's that it's when there's like a seismic change on the site that causes a massive shift. In, in how people are playing, that's when you kind of, I guess, need to like re-strategize for, for going forwards. And I always miss the boat on other strategies because I was either too late or too stubborn or too stupid. On this one, I, I'm like, yeah, I, I want in on this one. I think it's going to go really, really well. If it does, amazing. And if it doesn't, cost isn't, it's, it's not to the point where I'm going to be like, looking at a you know a level limited going from 2600 pounds to like 26 pounds it's going to be like a 180 pound team that now is only worth like 110 pounds like it's a lot easier pill to swallow do you think you would have done all of this if the only benefit was coins like i asked that because when no. when it first came out my like they wanted to make collecting more of a thing and my initial negative response to having it affect 
regular SO5 is that it was unnecessary because they could just do coins. And it, they told us, you know, at some point coins will be more, uh, people will want coins more than card rewards, which we're not remotely close to yet. But the other side of me was like, if, if it was just for coins, I don't think people would do it. Like, I don't think anybody would care. But now that you've been collecting, do you care? Like, like only, only because of the, like the symbiotic relationship with winning cards, right? So like, if, for example, they introduced a tournament, um, I'm trying to think of like something where, or let, let's say they gave you like the ability to buy a collection bonus. So, you know, 10,000 coins, you can buy 1% collection bonus. You still cap at that 5%, but it's there. Then it'd be like, yeah, do you know what? I care about coins now because mm -hmm. I want to buy the, the SO5 benefit. I think the way that they could introduce, and again, it would have to go hand in hand for me with SO5, but I think they could do a good job of introducing tournaments that don't offer coins, that don't offer cash rewards, but offer exclusive collect collectibles, genuine collectibles. Like, you know, the first game week of the season have, a, like, who's like an official partner? Liverpool are an official partner with them, right? Have, have a, a special, like, tournament where... Anyone you can enter any any Premier League cards and first place is like a a jersey mint or, or like not necessarily a jersey mint because I think they're going to auction those off but some kind of like special card that gives a massive boost to collection bonus because then I'm entering into that tournament because if I win that card either it benefits me massively in a collection or I get to sell it even though there's no other rewards on offer like that is something I would want to win and especially if it's for the team that I support. Like they, they could run tournaments like this very easily. It, it, you know, instead of like, instead of a star that has, I don't know, whatever, a value of like, what, what's like the, let's say the top MLS star right now is what, maybe like 100 bucks for like Zalarian or something like that. Sounds about right. Wouldn't it be better if instead of that, they gave a full collection or a, an 11 man team of tier threes and fours that you win instead? And it's like, it has the same overall value but it's something that's very cool to win opposed to just one guy <laughs> i love it. it it is kind of a i don't think we're remotely close to the idea that a lot of people have of being able to like choose your rewards that was one of the things when they first started talking about the progression bar it was like you get a certain number of points and then you can either get, it was a tier three at the time, like a tier five reward, or you don't and you just like keep going. And it would be kind of interesting to be like, all right, do you want a tier one or do you want 10 tier fives from that team for your collection? And yeah, I wonder how many people would take the collection. Yes, it is interesting. Because if, like, again, if you know the club, like 10 tier fives from Arsenal right now are taking a heartbeat because it's all the youth players or the fringe players that might get moved somewhere else. So the upside is massive. Um, but then on the flip side, taking like Saka, you could just sell him and then go and buy what you want. So sure. like, yeah, it, 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 that, that would be really interesting. That would be really interesting. <clears throat> so when you get to your next, when you complete your AWA, what considerations go into the next stack that or a collection that you want to get, because I feel like there are some people who 
we'll look at it and say, you know, who's the best scoring team? <clears throat> I'll get those five and then I'll build the collection. Or do you look at like, how much does it cost to, for me to get to 750? And should I just take the cheapest one that gets to 5% so that I can, I'll just so play the, it over. But you asked me right at the top of the show, why those three? And I only answered for Jean Book because it was the, yeah. the academy, winning the academy. Um, I went for the Reds because they only sell in bundles. And they go overlooked a little bit for jersey mints and one-offs. Um, yeah. And it's just a lot easier to get five players straight away than it is to get one player at a time. And they are just very good in their league. <clears throat> then I went for the Timbers because I think that they are better than they are playing. You know, Evander hasn't really got going yet. Moreno is brilliant. And I think once they get going, especially on an offensive level, now that um, Mora is coming back from a long-term injury, I, I think they've got genuine potential, which is why I kind of went for them because I, I felt like they were a bit underappreciated and and could go. And the next one that I go for, the, th the things I was kind of looking at was what teams dominate a division in a specific area. So, you know, you look at Houston at home and they're just incredible. Now, they don't really have a good forward. So then I started thinking... Would I then also go for a team that I like, go for two collections, one for defensive, one for offensive? Um, and then I started looking at like the Asian leagues, and I really like the K League because of the jeopardy around the scoring. It has those players underpriced, but there are a couple of really good K League teams out there that have great options defensively and offensively, um, and. That's probably what I'll go for next is like another, probably another Korean team. Do, would you at all consider a prior, pri, excuse me, a previous seasoned cards? No, because they've lost too many of them transferred out and have got too many players, just typically, especially in that league where it's like transfers happen all the time for like their big guys that go to Europe and stuff. It's like if, you know, if you try and take a, like even last season, Michiland, collection I, I would wager a guess that like half of the team don't play there anymore mm -hmm. and that means like you know somebody like asked price earlier yeah they literally evander yeah and it like like rice is going to be an interesting one for arsenal maybe Havertz as well if they both start and and potentially timber but i don't think he's going to be like first choice for arsenal for the first season at least but rice and Havertz are probably going to walk straight into the team over Xhaka and thomas party and I'm not going to have those in a collection on 5%. So what's the resolution? And that's the issue that you have with buying last season's cards is that's happened on a lot of players. And then it's like, okay, do I then buy those two new season cards, try and get some of the misfits to get them up to like 2 or 3%? Do I go in and buy the whole thing? Or do I now use like Arsenal in a different way what I was going to use them in and like kind of play them in 270 with like you know maybe like on favorable home matchups put like Ramsdale, Salibur and someone else in and then two others from a different place and I understand like if you have just one collection you don't have that benefit if a transfer comes in you still got to stick with who you've got but this is where again the what I do like is that if when Rice comes in and when um, Havertz comes in, Artie and Xhaka go out, which means they still have value. 
they might not have synergy with the game weeks every game week. They might, which you get a massive benefit from, and you might even get a bigger benefit from. Like if Shaka goes to Leverkusen and becomes their set piece taker, that's amazing. Like if Arty goes to Juventus and becomes their defensive midfield destroyer, that's amazing. Now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you've got everyone in the same collection playing for different teams as a benefit. But if they it, it go it goes against like if they go somewhere and start slaying and their price goes up. You can then sell them and start working on the next thing. Yeah. Or you could just go and buy like Rice and Havertz and just appreciate the fact that you're not going to have the collection bonus on them. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's funny because it, you, it seemed like you were then, not that you were actually considering. Well, I guess th there was no point where you were buying like the West Ham Rice to play in your arsenal stack or was there it's i think it's different like not not that i'm whaling i'm not like sean where it's just like just buy everyone but limited level i, I can i've, I've yeah. you know, i can afford to just i could afford to just go and buy the whole west ham stack um i think when when we're talking about people that are watching this show that don't have the capabilities to just go and five percent up another team just to get one guy up there I think you've got to weigh, like, weigh that into your decision of who you buy and why as a collection in the first place because you were going to have these anomaly players that are in and out that are going to screw you some way or another. But yeah, for me, I don't know if I would... What I would rather do is buy the new new Arsenal season and then have two Arsenal seasons. And, and at rare level, it's, it's a lot easier to be like, I'm just going to play rare pro and go and get and right super rare instead and that that kind of like mitigates that problem but limited level uh you know we talked about before the end game is like effectively like profit off of so rare like there, there's a lot of different things in the end game but one of one of the things is to actually met, like be cost effective like actually make profit off of these teams and if I'm using the rewards of the current Arsenal collection to buy the West Ham collection to get Declan Rice to 5%, that starts to make a bit more sense. But it, it is, again, one of those things where it's, it just takes so long. Because even though these game weeks come around so fast, they also take so long. And when like this game week has been has died for me because Dennis Buanga has decided that he doesn't want to score goals anymore and Portland Timbers had some rain and that was a problem, apparently. And so it's like, I now have to wait until Friday before my next game week comes in. And then on Friday, I have no games. And it's like, damn, it's only Wednesday. What am I going to do until Saturday? Like, it, like, so even though they come around fast, it, it takes so long. And so the idea of like, yeah, I just win loads of rewards and then use those rewards to like get the <laughs> things that I want. It's just not going to happen in any reasonable time. So the only the only benefit is if you absolutely smash something and you decide to sell that card that that allows you to get much farther than much further than not yeah. like it's not like you're winning something you're not winning a tier 3 in order to sell it to buy a different tier 3 if you can win like a star and then if you don't want that star you sell that and then that you can buy a ton of collection cards from that yeah Hundred percent. And uh, you, you and you and Sean talked a long time ago. I want to say maybe even a year or more ago about. I, th I think the podcast was called 
everyone you can't win all the time, everyone can't win all the time, something like that. And you talked about like critical mass within so rare and how once it reaches that, it's effectively a race to the bottom and everybody is gonna lose. Like the site crashes. And it kind of gives like pyramid scheme vibes. I would like to hope that so rare would have evolved the product when it reaches that point that it wouldn't be. But I think from a personal perspective, you can hit critical mass as well. And that, that could be one team, a hundred cards, 10 teams, whatever it may be. And that's where I think it's like, if you've got like 10 collections and some guy leaves or some guy comes, you can still use those guys to, to win and sell off everything you get to either buy what you need or to just know that you just don't need that piece in any lineup because you've got 10 teams. Um, and I think that's where I'm trying to like get with, with in my head around 10 or 15 limited collections is like, I will have this core group of teams. I will probably get rid of everything else at limited level. If somebody wants to buy these like 10 cents cars off of me and everything that I win from these other collections will just get either stored like like all the cards will get sold but the the eth will either get sold, stored or withdrawn you all know it's probably not going to get withdrawn so it's going to get stored and then when when like one of the pieces of the puzzle really falls apart like you know let's say i don't know i buy benfica 2023 collection and then next season this time next season like half their team gets sold be like, okay, let me just sell all this entire collection, get rid of it all, and bring in somebody else instead. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Do you think that there's a... You kind of pushed it back right away, but do you think that there is kind of an, not an advantage, but it seems like most people are not going to start collections from prior seasons. And you kind of mentioned it because like not all the players are still there. But there are clubs that like fundamentally, you know, like the maybe the goalkeeper, a center back. I mean, you probably just you really only need five that still play that to get like past seasons cards. Like there's clearly a premium on current season cards. So is it actually cheaper if you're like, actually, I'm going to go after Atletico Madrid 2021 limited cards because nobody wants those anymore? Do you think yeah. that there's any sort of at least a price advantage on that? Oh, I, I think there's a massive advantage there in terms of everything. It's it's just about like research, right? And this is when I tweeted out about so rare. One of the biggest concerns from people is how much time it takes on anything. But if you could find a team that still has a core group of players there, and specifically including the goalkeeper, and then they also have a whole bunch of players filtered throughout maybe Europe and Americas that are also playing and doing well. Buying an old season card in the first place, you're going to be real high on like the level bonus. Mm -hmm. So the season bonus isn't going to be so valuable. And then having all of those players on 5% XP, it, it just, it gives you utility in multiple places. So yeah, if you could find that team that you could stack anyway as a five and then have like two other players that can go into america's region and one player that could go into you know champ europe region and then a whole bunch of guys for like cap 240 that are just fringe players elsewhere that would be brilliant yeah you get maximum utility out of the players yeah it's just finding that team and then again trying to like build that team without somebody else recognizing 
that that team is also good because at that point then that's, that's tough like it's a nightmare even at limited level with how many cards there are if you're two even just two guys as you say takes two guys and all of a sudden it's like you list up a guy for 20 dollars, and he's real integral to your team and somebody else buys him and somebody else has him that sees that he's not going to sell him for like $20, 50 cents. He's, he now wants like a hundred dollars yeah. card, you know, cause he's like, he's sold for that. And I know you want him so I can get at least 10 X this. Like that's it. Johanneton <laughs> was saying you can't get to 5% if you go for past seasons, but you definitely can. Like you just need Jersey mints and one ofs, and probably not even that many of them. Uh, I think you, it's definitely anyway. you just need to wait the 90 days, right? Like, and again, if you just factor that into your, your strategy, I don't mm -hmm. think that's a problem because I, I think having three or four percent isn't isn't terrible. It just means that you're not going to win until you also get that five percent. Um, I talked like I talked about Chani's Liverpool collection and how he's not going to be able to compete with uh, you'll never walk alone, but he actually will be able to compete with him. It's just going to take two years. Once the season bonuses are gone and they're both on level 20 with 5% collection bonus and who like literally who wins it's whoever put the the team into the tournament first if they're playing in the same tournament right which I think is probably a stupid way for so rare to do it but it's if that's the only way they can differentiate then fair enough um, and then the other thing I was thinking about that I talked about on stream that I'd be interested to hear your point on which has nothing to do with limiteds per se but is the season bonus do you think the season bonus should be a 365 day bonus from the mint of the card rather than from the mint of the like everybody losing it at the start of the mint of that first card because those Sereris is what kind of gave me this like thought process is like they don't like people are paying a premium for these cards collection bonus and they lose five percent like six weeks and it's really unfair for so rare to kind of like put them on auction if they gave one for rewards, that would be fair. And then for these guys to pay this massive fee for these guys and then get hit straight away in a few weeks. It's like if if when you buy that card or when that card gets minted, there's 365 days on the season bonus. I think that that's I, I think that create like, I think it like kind of like papers an issue where first season cards because of season bonus and third season cards because of level 20 have so much value but second season like the second season of a card is just killed because you can't get them to level 20 and you don't have the season bonus so there's zero incentive to actually collect the cards right so if, if so want to push this narrative of holding cards and collecting cards and you know effectively like dry up the market with list or play and things like that surely giving you know giving someone a reason to not buy a sack now and sell it in two weeks to try and buy the season card makes more sense but aren't you buying cards right now? That's because I'm trying to take advantage of the system the way it is. I, I would be less... I, I would I would have been a lot more careful with how I bought cards and when I bought cards if I knew I had 365 days season bonus because I wouldn't be trying to rush to get that 5% collection bonus and that XP boost as quick as possible. So it's 365 days from, from the mint date, basically. From the or from date, the yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love Which it. Which I think is fair for every card then, right? Because and honestly, if you have a counterpoint, I'm genuinely willing to hear it. But if if you buy the Kaiosaka 
number 10 or number 50 or number 70, you get an entire season of season bonus with him. If I buy Bukayo Saka 1000, so rare themselves are like devaluing that card by saying you get, you literally get no, like, because the season's over now, you get zero benefit of this bonus. No, I think it makes complete sense. I also would love it if it, if we got rid of the, the extra season for non for teams that yeah, are no longer and, and, like and I think that, that would also I think what your solution yours is is a solution for that as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because after the three hundred sixty five days, those those Zenit players can't just sit there farming humongous levels of XP that nobody can compete with, or that nobody could have competed with until now. Collection bonus comes in and offers a little bit more, but I think it makes total sense. As simple as that. Yes. Yeah, so if you're listening, so rare. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> or Carl, whoever's in charge of that one. Uh, I think, I think one of the, like, one of the biggest negative feelings that people get, and it's actually kind of the same thing. But one, so one is uh, winning a U twenty three reward when they've exhausted their U twenty three eligibility. So people who won like Donnarumma in may like he, he won't have anymore and the other although he ended up having it because of the nation's league but the other is winning like one of the last cards that they mint of a of a season and you're like oh i just won this card and like the next day it loses five percent so i think your solution takes out a a negative feeling without like detrimental game effects yeah, and I think as as Josh says in the chat there as well, and a few people motioned to it, it would lessen the peaks at the start of the new season, which although Sorem might enjoy, it, I don't think it's good to see a card up here, then down, then down, then on, then at its point. I, I, I personally think it's bad for it, and if the only benefit was the one-off and the jersey mint, and then a stable market, I think that's better for everyone. Mike said the problem is that you can have a case of a 2022 season bonus stretching into 2024, which I feel like that doesn't make sense if we use 365 days, but yeah, season bonus should end when a season does, then that is then clear and everyone knows the rest. The thing is that they don't actually end with the season though. They end with like just whenever the new cards come out. Like we don't know. That's that's maybe what he's getting at, right? It's like you can get a 2022 Arsenal card two weeks into the start of the Premier League 2023 season, which means you'll have that 5% season bonus two weeks into the start of the 2024 bonus. But I I still think that's a net positive for everyone because everyone knows the risk of buying later, but there should be no risk of buying later. If everybody just gets 365 days, it's a fair playing field. Everybody has the same rules. Yeah, like it does feel a little detrimental, I guess, maybe is the word, that card 14 of 100 has so much better utility than 41 of 100, than 81 of 100, just because of when they were minted. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but so, so Ben Johnson says, why am I getting a 22-23 bonus for the 23-24 season? And if, if, that's the, if that is a mentality, then... There should be no, as well, one-year extension 
of cards that don't get minted, you shouldn't get two seasons. I think it's just a branding thing now. Just don't call it a season bonus. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be ideal, right? <laughs> because we know it's not a season bonus. Because they don't end as soon as the new season starts. <laughs> they end whenever the new cards come out. Yeah. Um, yeah, there you go, KB97. Yeah, they yeah. should just call it a, a mint bonus instead. The one-year bonus? Yeah, mint, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Freshly minted bonus, even. Yeah, there you go. That sounds fun. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'm just trying to check to see which of my cards we get a boost of it. And if it's detrimental to me, then I'm actually going to be against it. So hold on. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've picked up enough cards. Even like winning cards, like somebody said there, what did they say? Uh, it's Quinny won a card and didn't even get to register it for a competition before it lost season bonus. And it's like, that's like, they already have it's a lot experience. of issues with the rewards. But yeah, like that just is a negative experience for a whole bunch of people on the site. And especially when we're talking about limited cards, and we're talking about the biggest pool of managers and the biggest kind of like pool of word of mouth. Cause I, th I feel like if you're playing at rare or above level, you're already so committed to so rare that even if you don't like it, you're still you're still going to talk about it in a positive way. If you, even if you've got like issues with certain areas, but it always comes down to like that casual experience. And if you as a limited user win a card and then tomorrow he gets 5% less points and you're talking about that with another guy who's like, oh, how was your issue? You're going to be like, no, it was terrible. Like, yeah. I just immediately lost interest because of these things. And I think as much as people have manipulated the system to their favor with the Zenit cards, with the Liverpool cards from a couple of years ago at rare level and stuff, like putting everyone on a, on a level playing field, everyone having the same ability as everybody else should be what, what it's about. And obviously everyone can get the collection bonus. But everyone can't get the first mint. Only one person could get the first mint. Yeah. So this is a great way of like, yeah, just removing that kind of like, yeah, that that, yeah, I don't like, yeah, that really. That yeah. I didn't have the word for it, but yeah, yeah. you you all know what I mean. <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna end this there because um, it's just time. Been, so thank you everybody for really quick. Sorry, but, my bad. Yeah, no, not at all. That, uh, this is what happens. And frankly, what is this? 83 minutes is quite short for you. So uh, I understand. <laughs> it kind of is, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, thank you to everybody for joining. If you guys could please, you know, like, subscribe, do all that stuff, watch all the videos, tell all your friends to watch them as well, or just leave them on the background. It's always really helpful. Um, I'll be back tomorrow with Sorer Andrews. And then Friday might be a slight change. We'll see. But there will be a show. I guarantee a show. Don't worry. For everyone who is like, you took yesterday off, like, don't worry. There will be a show. Oh, Dave. Nep, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. And um, welcome. good luck on that uh, Reds collection. Thanks, man.